Take on me, take on me. It's not a bird, it's not a plane, it's superhero slate. It's a modern podcast where we talk about everything that's great. Like movies, TV, superheroes, it's superhero slate. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Superhero Slate, the show where we run down the latest superhero entertainment news. We love TV, movies, and superheroes, so let's talk it all out. My name is Chris Dillard. And my name is Mike Royer. And on this week's show, we're talking about that controversial Batman casting again. I'm I'm putting air quotes around the word controversial. Oh, I'll tell you why it's controversial. (laughs) Okay. Uh, We're going to die... Just and the taste <laughs> of Dr. Pepper Dark Berry. For I love how home. it sounded like you were you were uh, you were pigeonholing yourself into the word dive, and you're like, no, we're gonna digest. Well, I was gonna I say like disgust, case. and then I went the other di pronunciation. I just messed myself up there, but it's fine. We're gonna do it because we digested it as well. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying here? Um, we're gonna talk about the James Wanaverse because his name popped up a lot this week <laughs> and more. Yeah, this is a this has been a fun week. Um, we we went we both went to the movies, and we're going to talk about that here in a little bit. But we do have this is a big day for people, depending on when Chris uh, gets this published and who likes to get to this podcast as quickly as possible. But the last episode of Game of Thrones may or may not have uh, premiered already. Mm-hmm. So I thought it would be fun to do like final last second predictions before. Uh, before the show posts, and uh, I don't know, spoiler culture has kind of gotten out of control uh, lately. But I do feel like with an event like Game of Thrones, like you kind of either gotta be with it or you're not, you know. Well, I think this is one of those things. Like I, I've seen a lot of like there are the spoilers where like in game everyone kept in game under lock and key for like mm-hmm. two weeks or more. Game of Thrones, if you're not watching it live, you're done. If you get oh. on the internet right away, like even in the middle of the episode, you're done. Yeah. Someone's watching five minutes ahead of you. It's the, the 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 moment is ruined, and I don't know why there's a difference in the two. But you know, honestly, TV shows don't bother me nearly as much. Yeah. I, well, I, I read think, recaps all the time. I think it's the accessibility of a TV show. Like you're at home, you didn't have to go any extra effort to a theater. Like it's it's slightly less of an experience. Like with a movie, I would I feel like the movie culture is just older, so you feel a little bit more preserved. And also, you have to make these appointments to see the movie. So some people they have to get time out of their schedule to go see it. Like Game of Thrones, y- you're in it, you're live, and then. And the second you go on Twitter, like uh, these last uh, five weeks, if you go on Twitter right after Game of Thrones comes out, every hashtag is a Game of Thrones related. Like it's either a character's name. It's either like Game of Thrones. I think last week something happened in the NBA. I don't know what it was, but some like basketball player's name was like trending at like number seven. And then it went back to Game of Thrones characters. So it's so hard to avoid this. So. This is just my preface of saying we're about to probably guess uh, what we think is going to happen in the last episode tonight. So uh, I don't know how that's going to leave you, the taste in your mouth, but I think uh, I want uh, I want Tyrion on the throne. I don't I don't know if it's actually going to happen. I don't really know if there's a logical route there, but a lot of people were very upset with last week's episode. So I think maybe this will make everybody happy. Yeah, and if you haven't seen last week's episode, I did talk to someone in the middle of the week who hadn't seen it yet, but I think he was on like a little vacation. Um, so if you haven't seen it, no, no spoilers, but I mean, I, 
I don't know where this show's going to go. I don't even care, Mike. Uh, <laughs> my my prediction, um, maybe uh, my wife is a big fan of the Arya character. Maybe uh-huh. she is the one to strike the final blow. Um, and I don't think she wants the throne, but I think that she is going to kill a prominent character tomorrow, tonight. Yeah, I think um, I think Arya's already had her kind of like highlighted uh, moment for this season, so I, I I find it hard for her to get it again. But I do have to say that even though I wasn't expecting what happened last week, and I didn't particularly, it's not like I hated the decision, it just didn't feel logical that we had made it there yet. Probably because the season's been so condensed. <laughs> um, but the nice thing about tonight is I legitimately don't know what's going to happen, and it's the final episode. There's not going to be. Any cliffhangers? I know that we're gonna have like some spinoff Game of Thrones series, but I think they're all prequels or just like side stories. I'm probably not gonna watch. I mean, uh, Better Call Saul is apparently a really, really good show, spinoff of Breaking Bad, one of the best TV shows literally ever created. But I only watched a couple episodes and then I just moved on. You know, once you feel kind of closure, kind of with a lot of these characters and a lot of the story of your universe, it's kind of hard to go on to the other shows, especially when and by the time they get one of these Game of Thrones spinoffs off the ground, we probably won't be too far from a gigantic, huge budget Lord of the Rings TV show, you know, Mm -hmm. that's kind of going to get you back into that fantasy world. We're going to talk about an HBO, a new HBO show here in a little bit on the show that I had never heard of. I watched a trailer. It looked very, very expensive. So every streaming service out there is going to... It's almost like as soon as Game of Thrones is done tonight, it's like a free-for-all for people's HBO subscription money, you know? Yeah. Like, I I pay, like, what, 15 bucks a month for HBO, which is a very premium uh, streaming price. And um, I, oh, I have only used it for Game of Thrones. And then every once in a while, I remember that they actually do have, like, premium movies on there that Netflix usually doesn't get. Like, I watched Black Klansman the other week. My wife and I just watched Crazy Rich Asians last night on HBO. So, you know, with Game of Thrones not there, I don't even know if I'll remember I have the app installed on my PlayStation. So Disney's coming for my money. Uh, Amazon's already got it. I'm sure there's another streaming service that's going to want part of that $15, you know. Well, I mean, to me, I mean, it's one of those things like, you know, we have to have cycles in television shows, Mike. Otherwise, what's the point, you know? Uh, before Game of Thrones, wasn't it The Sopranos? Wasn't that the big HBO show? Yeah, but I was. Uh, we didn't have it streaming then, so I had never seen it. Yeah, so I mean, HBO's they usually have a, a show or two. I mean, they had some smaller ones. Like I've heard really good things about the Barry show that's usually on after Game of Thrones. Oh yeah, that actually is something that I need to catch up on. I saw um, the first season. I, I really enjoy Westworld on HBO, but it's not conflicting or at the same time as game of thrones so i mean we need cycles and you know we're we got a lot of shows we're gonna talk about some shows coming up here later uh, in the episode but i mean honestly tonight i i don't care what happens uh the show will be done and we can move on to the next big thing (laughs) i can maybe use this to catch up on shield which is back in with season six i think i haven't watched either episode yet which is my fault or um like i said need to finish up legion season two before it kicks off so uh, man, I need some of those TV hours back in my life, Mike. That's what I'm looking for. <laughs> but um, I also have to give a shout-out to Adam Nemec again. Remember he hosted two weeks ago? Yeah, when I was gone, when well, I was uh, down two teeth. Thank you. Yeah, or up two teeth. We, we can't decide yet. No. <laughs> uh, but uh, he uh, he recently got engaged this week. Uh, on, he was a guy on the trip out and didn't see Game of Thrones. So, um, oh, congratulations. Congratulations to you, Adam, and uh, you know your fiance Kate. Uh, they both go to C2E2 with me, so... Glad to, to see that happen. So you said you said they just got engaged. Yes. 
Okay, I wasn't. I didn't remember if you said married. That's a big. That's a big step. If you're talking about, um, if you're talking about a proposal, like once the guy gets the proposal out of the way, the weight off his shoulders is is enormous. <laughs> uh, so uh, congratulations to him. I'm sure he was nervous as all hell, like I was. So now, Adam, you just get to you just get to cruise into the rest of your life, and just over the next year or two, uh, just make sure you answer all of your fiance's questions of what's going to be in the wedding. Uh, mm-hmm. So make sure you know what your favorite colors are, some of your favorite patterns are, uh, know what kind of suit you want to wear. Just get those things done and out of your head, and you can answer those questions right away. As large <laughs> of a Ghostbusters fan as he is, I really expect him to serve Ecto Cooler out of a punch bowl. Whoa. So, that would be um, rad. I know. I'm putting this idea in his head. Hopefully he's listening and <laughs> like, taking notes. So I think uh, I think the officiate at the wedding should be dressed as Slimer. Oh, yeah. Who marries well, them. Uh, I, I don't know. That wouldn't go I well for photos. Put him in a regular <laughs> Ghostbusters proton. Too. Uh, okay, uh, the, you know that—that's a marriage. It's compromise. He suggests Slimer. She suggests, you know, a normal person, and then you land on Ghostbusters proton pack. Yeah. Well, and well, hopefully, whenever the, when they um, do their vows, they cross their streams. You know, oh, for life. but no, you know. that's that's for the night after the wedding. Chris. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> All right, let's jump into this. So this weekend, yeah. <laughs> me and Mike went out of our normal zones and watched a movie. That's not in our wheel. Well, it's in our wheelhouse, but it's not in our superhero slate wheelhouse so we're not doing a review yeah. episode on this but we watched john wick chapter three parabellum that is mm-hmm. its full name oh my god is it a long name <laughs> um we went out, i went friday i beat mike to this and i've never yeah. seen any of these in theaters before this is my first one okay um in theater so me and my wife went i gotta tell you about my experience mike yeah tell uh, me it was a lively theater the 8 p.m on friday not imax the cheapest seats you can buy People are watching this. They are talking during the movie. They are laughing. They are reacting to this movie very audibly. And it made it... Like, normally I would hate that. I would hate it so much. Mm-hmm. But there is... Like, this is an action movie. So, like, when you feel like... When you see something that's cool or, or gruesome or uh, awesome, like, you want to... Like, surprising, like, you want to react to. Mm-hmm. And, they, like, that was just... It amplified my experience so much more having this audience with oh, this yeah. movie. It definitely depends on the type of movie. And also it, it it almost depends on like the level of reaction. I feel like if you're in you don't want people in the middle, you either need the whole theater going crazy or everybody kind of being silent. Like anywhere in the middle almost feels annoying, so it it sounds like really cool that everybody was really into it. Yeah. And oh man, there is definitely seen like my theater th- experience was much more muted. I went at 10:45 in the morning where middle-aged men were ordering white wine with their popcorn at the movie theater which was very bizarre to me. But uh, it was a it was a very large theater with a sparse seating just because, you know, it was early in the morning. But even at those moments where I'm sure your theater was exploding, I was hearing the people in my theater just like, you know, I could hear across like the, the stadium seating that somebody over there was like reacting and stuff. So even if it's like a.m. in the morning and people are drinking white wine with their popcorn, they're still freaking out at this movie, man. It was so much fun. Yeah, it, it is a fun movie. And, I, you know, if we may get into spoilers here in a minute, but, like, you can skip down to our next news in our time codes if you want to see it. But, like, this movie's not very full on plot, to be completely Mm-mm. honest. It is full of action. And I will tell you, I, I lost count how many times someone was stabbed, shot, punched, or bit in the balls in this movie. <laughs> there are crotch shots at, like I can't even count in this movie, but like they never, like there are some gruesome parts. They never continue to not surprise me in interesting ways to uh, shoot and kill people through this thing, from action scene to action scene. Like it, oh, it was man. a wild ride. 
And these action scenes, some of them are so long that I'm just astonished by the amount of choreography, the amount of stunt work, the amount of just uh, planning by the directors that uh, when this movie was over, I tweeted right away. I was like, this movie will convince you that the Oscars needs a stunt slash choreography category for Best Picture. Um, th- these these types of work need to be recognized by the Academy. Like the, it's just astonishing uh, all the work that went into this film, and so much of it, I'm positive, is practical effects. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just a whole bunch of it's just a whole bunch of planning and practice over and over again of these very high paid actors. I mean, Keanu Reeves and Halle Berry, uh, they can take any easy role on the planet where they're just in a chair talking with uh, somebody on the other side of a table and they can cash in for millions of dollars and not even have to move. But there's like behind the scene footage of these of these people training like for months and months trying to get this down, like trying to figure out how to choreograph a scene with like trained dogs running around and grabbing people's arms and stuff. Uh, so I really think stuff like this needs to be recognized. And I think the category could be broad too, just for choreography in general. Like maybe you have like, um, maybe you have like a musical uh, movie that has like really cool like dance numbers. You know, you could mm-hmm. recognize the choreography of that those dances. You know, those movies could at least be nominated in that category. And this gives a chance for these for a, a movie like John Wick that would never qualify for pretty much any other category in the Oscars to really be seen. And they're always talking about how the Academy is worried about like ratings and stuff. So I would tune in to see if John Wick would get recognized, but. Um, yeah, this movie was crazy fun. Um, like when you said thin on plot, doesn't necessarily mean you're desiring uh, more. It means they're giving you like just enough. I feel like with every movie, you learn a little bit more about the high table and how it works, and it's great. Like we we get to learn a little bit more about the coins just on a one from like a one off character who was in Game of Thrones, which was kind of cool. It took me a minute to to like connect his accent to his like less grizzled face in this movie. I was like, mm. that's the dude from Game of Thrones, so that was yeah. pretty fun. Well, with his accent as well. Um... I, I I mean just calling out people I, I saw I mean honestly did, um, the guy um, one of the administrators who did the the consecra- deconsecration or whatever that's Robin Lord Taylor who plays the penguin in that's what I was that's what I was I was actually gonna ask you yeah. <laughs> like do you remember the guy on the phone who deconsecrated because I was yeah. looking at him and I was like why does he look so familiar he had like all of these uh, piercings on his face and I thought maybe he was like a like a, a a lead singer of like a band or something and I was trying to look up like cameos of the movie and the only thing I kept seeing was that 76ers basketball player at the beginning who was like gigantic that was a cool that was a cool uh that was a cool fight too yeah <laughs> I mean every, everything about this was really fun like it, it literally like when I said it's thin on plot, it's like literally like you're given a scene and John Wick is a, a literal and physical, literal and figurative gun pointing to the next scene, like to the next uh-huh. action sequence, and he went from A to B to C. I I have to say I wanted to see more of um, Halle Berry's character. Uh, she just kind of served a small purpose for a little bit, uh-huh. um, but I, I thought she'd be more in the long run. But I have to admit her dogs were very interesting. I really enjoyed the dogs she had. Oh yeah. I'd never seen anything quite like that before. Uh, usually you might get like one trained dog on set that does one thing kind of cool. And then usually some sort of like big, like hulking person just kind of like swats the dog away and you never see it again. But no, these things, these dogs were badass. It, it is. And um, if anyone is curious, they don't die. 
uh, in the end. So you're good. I mean, yeah, every, I feel people, like people are going to cry if dogs die again. That's how this whole series started with a dog dying. So, yeah, I feel like in their offices at the at the studio, they just have a big sign on the door that says no more dogs die. We the one was enough. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. So um, there's that. I mean, I, I this movie, it does, in fact, set up a larger a, another movie at the end of it just to let you know, because I want to see more of like you said, the the myth mythos and the history, but mm-hmm. this one really ends on an interesting note more than the other two did. Um, where like, I guess the tables haven't turned again, the high table, but like, I feel like the next two, one or two is going to be a deconstruction of the things that we've, they've kind of just been lingering above us a little bit. Yeah. And John Wick has kind of been a central pawn for a lot of people in these movies. So I think he's going to reach a literal and figurative breaking point sooner or later where he kind of rebels against all of these people kind of using him for his tools. But uh, just like the second film, this film like literally picks off um, from where the last movie ended, hits the ground running for sure. Uh, So even though the second movie had a slightly more memorable final ending than the first movie did, um, I still didn't remember all the little machinations of what happened in the second film with like the guy that like John Wick killed and that got him in trouble. So it wouldn't hurt to kind of watch these movies before you go see the new ones, just because these films have a longer development cycle. Um, so, you know, with an Avengers movie, like you can watch that just once. Remember everything that happened because you're going to see the next one in like a year, you know, a year later. Uh, but with these John Wick movies kind of being spaced out by two or three years, uh, I would mm-hmm. recommend if you haven't seen any of them, definitely watch the first ones. They're good. They're yeah. all good. They're all good. And I do have, have to give a shout out to um actor uh, mark dacascos uh who played zero um the leader of the uh kind of like not the mafia but the, the yakuza type people with the swords oh the a la cuisine guy yes uh, <laughs> so, so his, yeah his name is zero uh, he's, he's a cat guy he is got this <laughs> face that just is like he looks unhinged sometimes uh but he was also in shield for like a whole season as an inhuman in there um, oh yeah, that's right. He had hair in that one, and this one he's bald. But he he played uh, a, an in Shield for a season. But like, it was really fun because he's like he's like everyone's like trying to kill John Wick, but then like oh my gosh, it's it's an honor to fight you and meet you. <laughs> oh yeah, people are just like fanning out over him. It's yeah, so cool. Yeah, it was really fun, I, and, and 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 kudos to that guy and everything. So I I think it was a I had a really good time, Mike. Uh, like I said, out of our wheelhouse, but I had a good time, and I I look forward to the next one. However oh, man, many years I'm, that'll I, be. I'm I'm glad I got you on board with these films. You know, you're a little apprehensive at first, but I'm glad you're actually going to the theaters for them well, now. Well, now that I'm like that, this is a movie where I get a a, a a soft drink and a popcorn, and I just don't care. Uh, I'm not invested, and I was trying to get invested in the first two, and I didn't. Mm. It didn't work. So once I realized what my problem was. I'm on board. I'm like, yep. yeah, Chris, you're the problem. I'm going to grab that handful of fistful of popcorn and shove it all in my mouth at once. Like a funnel. This is like, <laughs> I'm going to be, I'm going to be that guy at these movie theaters. So, but, uh, yeah. Anything else on that? Let's, you want to jump into some, some, some actual news here. Well, let's yeah. Let's jump into the biggest news of the week for sure. The Batman casting list has been announced. There is a huge misconception here. Variety had an article saying Robert Pattinson has been cast, but they have like every other news article is like, no, no, he's a finalist. Um, so Robert Pattinson is not the Batman yet, but he is like literally like the top runner. He holds the cards if he wanted to do it is is what it, what it comes down to. 
Um, mm-hmm. And there are already unhinged fans signing petitions for him to not play the Batman. Oh my god. Um, and to be completely honest, I don't care. <laughs> um, let me let me give you the other four options that are that are out there according to THR and Deadline. If that's okay. okay. Okay, so we have Robert Pattinson, known for Twilight. Nicholas Holt, who played Beast in the newest X-Men series. Uh-huh. Aaron Taylor Johnson, who's known for Quicksilver and Kick-Ass. Um, uh-huh. And Army Hammer, who was the Lone Ranger. And um, I want to say he was in that Henry Cavill movie with the spies. The two spies, but I don't remember what it was. Yeah, I think so. Well, I just checked on Variety, and they're still running with the with the headline that he is indeed going to be the Batman. So I don't know if maybe Variety has some insider information, and maybe all of the other outlets are kind of sticking with this broader list, just the heads to bets. But we there's a very similar story that we can remember not too far ago when we all thought Asa. Butterfield was going to be the new Spider-Man and then it ended up being a short list and then it was actually Tom Holland. Uh-huh. So there there is there is um there is precedent where this could all be flipped around. We could all be uh we could all be fooled right now. But it seems like uh Robert Pattinson is the very least is the front runner right now if he's getting his name only connected to this variety article for sure. Um maybe all of these other lists coming out, maybe this is all like negotiation tactic by agents. I'm not too sure. But, but, uh, but if I had, time, it all depends on which one you take as serious. Like, which one is your actual source? So, yeah. Yeah, that's true. But if I had to just – if I had to be laser-focused on Robert Pattinson for a second, I just wanted to say we all need to learn our lesson here from all of these other casting announcements that have happened in the past and people have just gotten too ridiculously overblown about it. One thing that I didn't realize until uh, Endgame came out a couple weeks ago that people were sharing screenshots of people's reactions for when um, um, Tom Hiddleston and Chris Hemsworth were cast for the Thor movies. Yeah. Uh, apparently people were just like right at them off like oh some surfer person and some theater guy they're gonna be in a comic book movie what a dumb idea people just thought it was so stupid and i don't re- recall seeing those articles i don't think i was uh looking at uh, australian uh, publications back when the thor movies were being cast way back in the day but it's just crazy we can all definitely think about um heath ledger and the joker uh there's plenty of other casting where you know people have just thrown their hands up in there and say this is a horrible idea and it doesn't end up like that even with jared leto uh obviously his character the way they created the joker uh was the poor decision but i don't think he was necessarily a bad casting choice it was just what they decided to do with him and where to put those dumb tattoos on his face so i think we all just need to take a deep breath and step back and um i didn't realize this until people were in a fervor and uh talking about it but the twilight movies were like 10 years ago mm-hmm. like uh I, robert pattinson has a hundred percent moved past those movies so you can't just pigeonhole him that into that role anymore and it's just like if any of us were handsome enough to be cast into uh, a, like a teen romantic a uh, multi-billion dollar movie franchise yeah, regardless anyone, of what you think any <laughs> one of us would sign that check and cash in that money so um the first thing that I thought of when he was cast was I didn't even have an opinion. I was just like, okay, I'm going to Google a picture of him and put my hand over the top of his face and just to see if his mouth is Batman. Cause that's basically what you're looking for here to see if he's got, if anybody's got the strong enough jawline to put on the Cape and cow. And, uh, if you follow uh, boss logic out there on Twitter or Instagram, he does all of these like Photoshop comps for all of these casting announcements whenever they come out. And he has one out there for a uh, Robert Pattinson. And I 
I thought he looks he looks fine. Apparently, Robert is around the same age, I think, as um, as uh, when Christopher Nolan was casting uh, Batman for Christian Bale. So I don't think necessarily it's like they're casting like a little baby in the film. But we have had kind of rumors that this could be a Batman year one type situation. You know, a younger, uh, slightly less experienced Batman since we are just off the tail end well, of the opposite end of the spectrum of uh, the the Batfleck older Batman, you know? Well, on the other end, it's not a year one because there's already six villains in this movie, uh, according to the reports as well. Um, it may have up to six villains, including Catwoman and Penguin. So they said they're probably not doing the year zero approach, maybe like a year two or three mm. kind of thing. Okay. That would be interesting because we have seen in Batman Begins, we've kind of seen the very origin, you know, of Batman, you know, how exactly does he train, make it back to Gotham City? So we have seen that story before, but I feel like every other Batman movie, we've seen Batman like kind of in his prime. We've seen Batman where he's like really just at it, like saving the city, meeting these new villains. He already has the Batcave and everything, but it would be kind of interesting to see a Batman like, you know, just still trying to figure things out. Maybe he hasn't had everything polished yet, but it seems like we're being promised like an actual detective movie, which is something I think we've yet to see in any Batman movie is somebody really looking over the clues and maybe sneaking into a crime scene. So um, I think the only thing Matt Reeves, the director of the film has stated is that there's going to be a noir approach to this movie. So that is exciting. So um, either way, I, I wasn't really, uh, I wasn't really too concerned when I saw this news. The only thing I was thinking is uh, the Batman thumbnails on YouTube can return because I feel like when um, we were trying to figure out if Ben Affleck was still going to be Batman, there was like a news story every single week and these different news YouTube channels that I follow would just have to find a way to make a brand new Batman thumbnail because there's only so many photos of um, Ben Affleck and Batman out there. So they're just trying to figure out how do we make a new new thumbnail? Well, now you can throw Robert Pattinson in there. So the return of Batman on YouTube. Yeah, yeah, it sounds like you ever left. To me, like, again, I, again, I want to hear official announcing. I want to hear what's going on before we uh, play the game jump to conclusions because it could e- it could easily not be any of these four um, and be something else completely, uh, like yeah. you said. So, I mean, I, f- I was watching Aquaman last night. I like the action scenes, but I don't love, like, some of it. So I'm just like, we need a, we need to knock this one out of the park. Don't don't rush the Batman, if you know mm. what I mean. So yeah, I mean, if I had to, to to comment on anyone else on this list, I feel like Army Hammer kind of has more of the classical like handsome man approach, which could work well for Bruce Wayne. But I don't know. I, I feel like I still have like a craw on my side with Army Hammer because he was like complaining that people were like eulogizing uh, Stan Lee when he died, and um, I was like, Army Hammer, just get off your high horse here. People just want to share pictures of that they took with Stan Lee. That's okay. So if Army Hammer somehow gets cast, I want another apology from him that maybe he was a little too much of a dick. Well, and, you know, I don't know if they'd put him back again if they had him as Batman and they had Henry Cavill as Superman in the same franchise still. We don't even know if he's coming back. Um, but, like, you know, that would just be a repeat of them being in that same movie together again. <laughs> so I'm just like, eh. Hey, we just saw John Wick, and there was pretty much a Matrix reunion in those last two movies. So Yeah. Almost. <laughs> almost. So, yeah, I can go either way in Batman. We'll figure it out. But what we do know is Batwoman has getting cast, and she has a show coming out on the CW, and we got our first look teaser for this show, and it uh, looks like an origin uh, first episode, I guess, and we didn't get that in the crossover. So yeah, that's one thing I wasn't expecting. And uh, in this trailer, we get we see her in more of a 
a proto Batman suit. It looks like it's actually one of Bruce's suits that she puts on, which was kind of cool. I wasn't expecting that. But there was this one little note in the trailer that I thought was interesting where it seems like when she's wearing this kind of classic Batman suit, um, the, the public in Gotham think that Batman's back. And they say, oh, Batman, like they're giving Batman all this credit. So they almost kind of put this logical reason why she wants a different suit and why she wants a bright red wig attached to her costume because she wants people to know that this is not Batman. This is somebody else saving you. Stop giving credit it to my cousin so I thought that was kind of cool like you know because that's what I'm always thinking with these TV shows and with these movies I want some sort of logical reason why somebody would put on like these like really fancy pajamas and like run around the city like a buffoon uh, so putting that kind of uh, reasoning into the execution I thought that was kind of cool uh, it very much looks still like a CW show so it doesn't seem like they're trying to elevate the art form right mm-hmm. now well they can't have Batman but they can have a suit and he's apparently abandoned the town or whatever and she's batman's uh-huh. cousin or bruce wayne's cousin so uh yeah I'm, we'll see how it goes uh is it enough to sell me not yet but i mean it was a well put together teaser i'll give them that much for uh-huh. for what little bit we know compared to like you said the last the crossover yeah. they kind of had with her so yeah i don't know if they've announced the episode order yet but it would be kind of cool if they keep them to like a shorter 13 episode season uh just because it'll be a more condensed uh story um and who knows season two could end up being longer but it seems like if they're really okay with talking about this idea that batman existed he's gone bruce wayne used to be a thing who knows maybe in like season three or four maybe bruce will come back you know, it, we never thought we would actually see Superman on Supergirl, and it happened, so maybe we'll see Batman again, yeah. you know? They've, they've told him no so far, but we'll see We'll see what's happening. I'll, I want to see if maybe they re- end up referencing the crossover later in the season, rather than, mm-hmm. you know, because like I said, this, how much of this is a prequel to that, that crossover, and how much of it is post that crossover? Because mm-hmm. um, that means if the first episode is just a pilot history creation of batwoman and the rest is her doing the name i don't, I don't know we'll see because i'm i'm interested to see how they kind of line it all up you know that's always because mm-hmm. the cw it's doing a thing where it's trying to sync all these shows up but in different universes too and you know if they make it work there they can probably make it work on a larger scale for movies that we're looking for so yeah so that's uh that's my guesstimate on that one um we, this for HBO, we're talking about Game, uh, Game of Thrones. HBO's next show is called His Dark Materials, and they've got some big-name casting in this series here. Um, and if anyone's not familiar with His Dark Materials, they might re- remember the movie The Golden Compass uh, that came out several years ago. Uh-huh. Uh, I say ten or so. Um, that's actually the first of the three books in the series. It was The Golden Compass. So now they've decided to... They didn't get any sequels in that, so now they're doing the TV show, uh, His Dark Materials, and they've got lined up Daphne Keene, who was X-23 in Logan. Uh, James McAvoy, of course, Professor Xavier. And Lin-Manuel Miranda from a Hamilton fame. In, yeah, this, this, is, show. this is pretty powerful casting. And actually, when you were explaining it to me earlier before we started recording, I thought you were saying his Dark Materials is just a book by the same author which is the which is the case but i didn't realize like like oh this is literally like the golden compass tv show but it, they're just kind of using a title from a different book in the series well, right his dark materials is the name of the trilogy um the golden compass is actually not even title of the book the book is called northern lights um 
and then they've re-subtitled it The Golden Compass because Man, I'm I'm glad you know what you're talking about cuz I had no idea. Well, uh, my 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 <laughs> wife teaches, you know, fifth graders and this is like material right up their alley in terms of okay. books. Um So and it deals with the, the multiverse as well, which is kind of why uh, I brought it up. I think the thing that's most exciting about this to me is it's an HBO show, which means uh, they're making content for an older audience. And this definitely reminds me of like a younger adult material. So it makes me think that we're going to get more of a serious take on these film on these uh, these stories, which I have no idea what these stories are. But I always think it's really cool when you can get like a um, a story with a main character who's a kid, but you're not like pandering to a younger audience. So that kind of makes me excited to see where they're going to go with this. And the trailer looks very expensive. So I love the idea that uh, they're just pouring money into these original series. Like, I feel like I'm just getting spoiled every time like a new streaming show comes out because they're just all in an all out brawl for eyeballs, time and audience and subscription dollars. So it's so cool that we get to benefit from this. I think friend of the show, Quentin Parker is a really big golden compass fan i think he read the the book whatever you said it was called northern lights yeah i believe he saw the movie i don't remember what his opinion on the movie is but i'd be interested to see what he thinks about this trailer but it's kind of a cool name too. his dark materials like that sounds like sounds spooky enough for me to watch it you know yeah and and the idea of multiverses seems to be kicking off and everything we're talking about lately so um, Mm. you know maybe like okay the world's okay to to deal with this and with the casting such as these people, you know, I think it's going to be that adult material. So, um, yeah, we'll see how it goes. I don't know. I don't know anything about it, but we'll wing it. Netflix is also gearing up with some new TV shows uh, to combat all these other streaming services. And the success of the Umbrella Academy, which we liked, has led to a first-look deal at Dark Horse Comic Books. And some of the Dark Horse books you may know, and I don't know if any of these are really on the table or not, include Hellboy. Got to start uh-huh. with Dark Horse. Three, uh, Sin City is one of the biggest comics out of Dark Horse, and 300 as well. Well, I mean, uh, TV streaming might be the only chance for Hellboy to continue in a, like a live-action setting. You know, that movie that just came out was just atrocious, man. It was so unfortunate that it turned out the way it did. Uh, we know Guillermo del Toro is not returning to it. And, you know, everybody is like uh, too old from those previous movies. Those those are just a, a, a long gone memory. But the first Hellboy movie is streaming on Netflix. So that means Netflix has analytics and statistics on it. So if they're just like, hey, a lot of people are really watching this first Hellboy movie on Netflix. We now have a first look deal with Dark Horse. Maybe we should develop a Hellboy something. Now, uh, the inner nerd in me would love an animated series in the style of Mike Manola, uh, that would be freaking cool to see that animated. Um, and I know uh, Netflix is making a big push for that, for that uh, animated series. That would be rad. That would be so cool. You could do so much with that. Um, but live action would also be cool. Uh, Sin City is one of my uh, one of my favorite movies. I love the way that looks. I haven't seen it in a really long time now, and maybe watching it now after seeing all these other comic book movies maybe my opinion has changed but it left a good taste on my mouth the last time i saw it you know mm-hmm. see i'm on the other end i really after watching this i re- i don't mind hellboy as much but i really don't think del toro should ever return at all it should be locked away in a vault um but there, like the problem with dark horse is and, and a lot of people like i've seen they license movie materials to make their comics so like any uh-huh. alien comic any predator comic robocop uh, they did Star Wars up until like 2015. Um, those will never be created as TV shows, sadly. But I mean, if they can pick one of these 
you know, um, other maybe they have maybe not these three that we just listed, but maybe there's some under um, underrated like smaller comic books uh, they could pull and make into new TV shows. I'd watch them the way they did the Umbrella Academy. They pulled it, the rug out literally. They pulled it out from under the rug and like, hey, here's a comic book no one's read in ten years. So let's let's do this. So they sh- they should have the the people that are producing the um, the Castlevania animated series mm-hmm. to work on a Hellboy animated series because I I love that so much. Uh, the animation house that makes it to Powerhouse Animation does a great job creating it. So uh, give them Hellboy. That's that's my pitch. That's mm-hmm. my pitch. Um, Mind Management MGMT. Um, that's a really popular comic book. I forgot it's a Dark Horse as well. So there's a bunch of them they can really pull from this. So I mean, and it seems like it seems like they're definitely not afraid to develop something that people aren't familiar with. I mean, nobody really knew what Umbrella Academy was nope. until until the till the season came out. So that makes me excited too that they could yeah. just pluck something from obscurity that I've never heard of and love it. Yeah, original original stuff is uh, kind of rare right now. So let's let's go with that. On that note, at Netflix, uh, they have go ahead and. and uh, taken one of Mark Miller's Miller Word titles, The Magic Order, and ordered it to series at Netflix with uh, the pilot directed by James Wan. Who, James Wan, he's getting work. <laughs> yeah, this is uh, this is where it is. Um, so The Magic Order is just came out late last year, wrapped up, I think, in March of this year, uh-huh. uh, with a group of five families of magicians entrusted to keep the world safe from supernatural problems. Uh, but the members are being picked off one by one. It sounds like a Doctor Strange kind of... <laughs> TV show to be completely honest but you know whatever that's fine yeah it sounds exciting it's like a six uh, issue story very finite so they can I mean I, I would basically say see the last segment we just talked about you know obscure yeah. comic book never heard about it uh, turn it into a show maybe I'll love it so uh, it seems like Netflix definitely has a strategy here of just uh, well we want to develop pre-existing content that's been somewhat proven uh, so let's do it from comic books yeah exactly and since you know they have Mark Miller, a lot of his stuff, you know, like he wrote, you know, Kingsman and uh, Wanted, and a bunch of his materials have been adapted already. So I, I think the way he writes it lends itself to television and, and video and film. So maybe we'll we'll see what's going on there. But so I don't, this I don't, is this is this is a strategy out there for you for you uh, young and um, fledgling writers that if you want to get a show made and you don't have any pre-existing IP that you own, uh, make good friends with an artist and create a comic book because that's what's being turned into TV shows. You might have to make a comic book first before you can get somebody else to read your script. So Yeah, I, I agree. Um, so, yeah, Magic Order, we'll see what goes on there. I, isn't there a show called The Magicians or something on sci-fi, wasn't there? Yeah. Yeah, I think in it's been um I think it's maybe on season two or three, so it's it's getting it's getting an audience. Uh, I'm gonna do Google on that because I'm gonna just make sure uh t- 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 four seasons. Oh wow, we're really sleeping on that show, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, we are. I, I'm like, I keep seeing trailers for it, but yeah, so that look, seems like it could be something like if there's an audience for that, that's the same audience here. That's Whoa. what I'm thinking. Do you ever watch the Saw movies? <laughs> My wife has a weird um, affinity for the Saw movies. I I don't really understand it because like she doesn't like scary movies. She doesn't like horror movies. But I guess the the Saw movies are just um, scratching some sort of very uh, peculiar itch. So I have seen some of them just because she was watching them. But man, they're crazy. They, they <laughs> are, and they kind of wrapped up I think a couple years ago. But now Chris Rock. Yes, that Chris Rock <laughs> is going to work with James Wan and Lee Wannell, who, uh, Wannell, I don't know how to pronounce his name, uh, producers of some of the later Saw movies, to reboot the series in a modern 
setting <laughs> and is yes. releasing October of next year already. Yeah, screw it. Let's do it. Who cares? Like, who? Nobody out. I'm sure there's somebody out there that's very concerned about the lore of Saw. But let's be real. People are watching these movies because they want to see the gruesome ways that people get tor- tortured and dismembered. Um, I can ne- I cannot get the I I cannot get the visual out of my head when that one woman fell into the pit of hypodermic needles. <laughs> it gives me the heebie gives me the heebie-jeebies when I think about it. So when I think Chris Rock trying to attach him to that, I'm just like, yeah, screw it, do it. Who cares? You know, maybe he'll bring he'll bring a unique uh, a unique take to these movies because that's what they're gonna need. What there's like eight, nine. A thousand of the Saw movies already, so um, I don't yeah, do it. I, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, so I, I just looked up just to confirm. Uh, Juan and One L um, wrote Saw and pitched it to the studio, so they literally are the creators <laughs> of the Saw franchise. So they're working with Chris Rock to make a rebooted version in the modern modern yeah. day. And I and I guess I should I should specify here uh, before I sound like a, a a man baby who's scared of everything. The Saw movies aren't even scary at all, especially once you get past the first couple films. They're just all just um, body just, horror. Yeah, body horror stuff. There's there are moments where you'll where you're where you'll cringe and wince, but there's not a whole lot of moments where there's like a jump scare and you're gonna be like clawing onto your pillow like waiting for the next ghost to spook you. So, yeah, this is the weirdest news all week for sure. Yeah, it's like all right. <laughs> That's fine, whatever. Um, but in that re- re- note, since James Wan is literally everywhere right now, he is looking to produce the yes. reboot of Mortal <laughs> Kombat movie. All right, Chris, I'm going to go Command F, and I'm going to go James Wan. Uh, we have talked about him four times now. <laughs> yeah, three times, technically. Once was in the intro, but yes. Uh, he is all over the place right now. Uh, he's riding that billion-dollar Aquaman movie into whatever he wants to do. Um, and they, they've already scheduled this to land March 5th, 2021, uh, which is the same day as Sony's master of the universe reboot. So, um, <laughs> what, what, a, what a day if these both keep the same thing, what a weekend I'd want to do a double feature that day, Mike, to see, see <laughs> which one's the worst. Yeah. It, it would be weird to see how you, I'm definitely curious how somebody can turn mortal Kombat into a movie franchise. Like I watched that first Mortal Kombat movie a bajillion times when I was a kid. Uh, just because I think we had it on VHS. I was a child. I liked wa- watching characters fight that were from a video game that I played. So I don't even remember. I don't think the movie was good at all, but I remember every single set piece in the film and the awesome music that came along with it. I think sometimes I put in the VHS just to listen to the song and then I would rewind it and then I would play it again. Oh man. And I'm, I'm thinking about it in my head. So that's got to be in the movie for sure. But there's no way this movie's being developed as like a one shot. There's definitely a franchise in mind for sure. So I'm curious how you turn it uh, a battle royale into a franchise. So we'll see how that goes. Well, it's less battle royale because, I mean, I like the, the story of the first one. Like, you have to come here and fight people, and if you beat them, you move up, and then you can win to get your wishes or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, now, how do they update that for 2021 to make it feel real? I don't know. But those those old two movies don't hold up. I remember watching those. My fifth grade birthday party, I had people over. We watched <laughs> Mortal Kombat 1 and 2 back to back. Man, so, yeah, but yeah, <laughs> but and then the new Mortal Kombat 11 just came out. Uh, to some, it had like some sort of blunder in, in how it handled microtransactions. Oh, the new one that just came out. Yeah, yes. I heard about that. Yes. But like you know, um, that's just in time for another Mortal Kombat game to come out in 2021. With that, you know, 
I'll I'll fold back on our uh, on our John Wick conversation we had earlier. When I was watching John Wick, I was like, "This is the best video game movie ever made." Because the whole goal for a video game movie should be to recreate that feeling of playing the game, not necessarily trying to adhere to the whatever random story the game creators came up with. But when I was watching some of these extended action scenes in John Wick, I was like, "Yes, yes, this is what it feels like to be on fire in like an online match of a first-person shooter." You know, this is what it feels like to be on eleven kill streak. You know, high on caffeine. You know, just shoving your favorite snack into your face and just like getting all all these achievements i'm feeling like that watching the movie so maybe james wan can figure out how to get that feeling out of mortal Kombat. what it feels like to really just be like uh railing off some awesome combos on if, some people if, if the choreography is right and they can hit all the effects with the special moves of some of those people uh-huh. like yeah i think i think it's gonna be great mm-hmm. so i agree let's 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 wait for mortal Kombat. avatar 2 um has cast uh actor singer jermaine clement as uh, from Legion, as in Garvin, whoever the hell that is. Well, Jeremy, Cl- Jermaine, correct me if I'm wrong. Wasn't is he the voice of of the shiny crab in Moana? Or am is, I thinking yep. of somebody? No, he is. Okay, yeah, he, he is known for <laughs> Flight of the Concords. He was the villain in Men in Black Three. Uh, like you said, he was in uh, that first season of Legion. I haven't watched the second yet, but um, he's very he's popular, so very, shiny. Very yeah. No, I got that song stuck in my but head. But the 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 picture show he looks more like a scientist maybe. Um, but honestly, I, we don't know anything about Avatar two except it keeps getting pushed back. So, um, but I just wanted to bring that because I really like Jermaine Clement. I'm like, okay, I could, if he's in it, I'm feeling less, you know, against it to watch it. So just to see what he plays. Yeah. You know, this is, this is great because, uh, we were just talking about Avatar. I'm like, and I'm just thinking what Chris didn't give me a box office update on Endgame at the top of the show. Uh, where are we mm-hmm. at with the worldwide gross? Well, and then I, I look down here and I well, <laughs> that's, that's the thing because you know, we, we always start off with Avengers stuff and Marvel stuff lately, but I was like, you know what? Batman's a bigger topic. So we'll save Avengers here for after our Avatar news. So Avengers Endgame, our box office update as of today, um, it has passed Avatar's domestic total. So it is number, I think, two domestically now behind Star Wars The Force Awakens and still number two behind Avatar total by like $300 million. With each passing day and each passing John Wick screening, people feel like in-game might not pass Avatar at all. But if they just leave it in theaters for a little while longer, it might trickle some money in to get there. Yeah, let's see here. I'm going to do the math right now. I'm on the, I'm on the page here. For the listing, I'll put it in my calculator. Uh, Endgame is going to need about two hundred and twenty-four million dollars. Are, are you to, on box office mojo? Yes, that's not updated with today's totals yet, but yes. Uh, okay, so we are we are getting close to the two hundred million mark. So it's really just the legs. That is the big question right now. Can this? I am I am confident that this movie will be in theaters all summer. Now I'm not saying it's going to have a bunch of show times, but I feel like in October, you know, kind of the very, very end of summer movie season because stuff trickles into October. I feel like I could still go to a movie theater and maybe catch like a 2 p.m. showing of Endgame. So if it really lasts through the summer, we might be able to inch up there. But I am surprised so many people were extremely confident uh, when the movie was coming out uh, opening weekend that it was going to surpass Avatar. But now I wonder where the calculations are at. I would love to maybe maybe hear from people that really 
dig into like box office analytics more often. Uh, but I'm sure we'll have something here soon because John Wick was like kind of the first big uh, box office opening because Detective Pikachu had a little bit of a soft start. Uh, but maybe uh, maybe John Wick now is going to start having people do their calculations a little bit different. Well, I don't think it's I think I think literally it's next weekend with Aladdin. Like this is a, a good weekend for I saw people watching Endgame while I was in the theater. John Wick, Aladdin is next weekend, and any next any Disney movie property will literally sw- swallow whole families. From, yeah, from that'll going. that'll that'll suck the air out of the room. So for sure. that is the one I think that that will do it. And then right unless after, it's awful, if it if the reviews are really really bad, who maybe it'll work out it, in games. It's, it's Disney. Yeah, they can't. They won't be that bad. <laughs> it all goes into the Disney pocket. Like if you don't give the money to the Aladdin but, and you give it to Endgame, it still goes to Bob Iger. Well, <laughs> and at the end of that, right after that, I'm actually excited for Godzilla. Uh, King of the Monsters. Yeah, I haven't. That. I haven't seen any of these new monster movies from this franchise. I haven't seen the first Godzilla. I haven't watched Skull Island yet. Um, they were streaming on HBO, but I think they got pulled because the new movie's about to come out. But I wouldn't mind catching them because I've seen some of the. They've done a good job with the trailers for this one. It makes me look. Ex- it makes me look excited. It makes you look excited. It makes yep. me feel excited. So you should watch <laughs> the first Godzilla. You don't have to watch uh, Kong to to catch up. So. Okay. Um, I would recommend watching, but we'll talk about that more later. Uh, Spider-Man Far From Home, however, is riding the coattails of Endgame with a mm-hmm. projected 200 million opening weekend for Spider-Man. Wow. And Spider-Man's can, always are popular, that. so. Mm-hmm. Well, this is the first time in a while we've had a movie, a post-Avengers movie that wasn't just like an Ant-Man. <laughs> yeah. So this is going to be like a big movie that people are going to want to see. I feel like every year a Spider-Man movie has come out, whether it was animated or live action. It's been literally my favorite movie of the year. So I'm very much looking forward to see what they do here. So I will be there opening night and and you know honestly with using mysterio for the first time ever that that's hype mm-hmm. levels to a whole new world and man. also yeah and don't forget jake gyllenhaal is a catch for sure yeah. i mean he was like an indie moving indie movie serious darling that just wanted to do like thought-provoking films you know he didn't want to jump on this franchise bandwagon but now he's mysterio and uh, uh, what, people... whatever he was he was um <laughs> prince of persia man he was ready to oh yeah that stuff. i think maybe that's what got him off of the franchise kick yeah. like uh-uh i thought i was gonna be retiring on a beach from prince of persia and that did not work no <laughs> but yeah so that's you know, uh, that's that's coming i was able to finally get my hands on dark berry dr pepper uh it's okay i'm, I'm not it, it doesn't blow me out of the water like uh, i thought i thought it was pretty good actually I, I i'm not a huge dr pepper person to begin with so mm-hmm. it didn't like really knock me out of the park um, have you tried the Mountain Dew Sweet Lightning yet? Oh, God, I didn't even know that was a thing. What, what color is it? It's what color orange. did they make it? It's peach okay. and honey mixed in Whoa. with Mountain Dew. It's available, like tra- at, it's available at KFC right now because of the Georgia honey whatever flavors. Oh, so I, it's like a Baja Blast situation. I have to go to KFC to get it? Yeah, but it is worth the trip, my friend. Ooh, it is the best man. Mountain Dew I've had probably ever. <laughs> and I love me some pitch black and live wire, so... Oh man, these are some these are some hot tips for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I had that before I watched John Wick 
and that's just made the night even even better. <laughs> real, real quick before we move on to the next snack, I had to look up Prince of Persia Sands of Time. Uh, $200 million budget, which shocked me, especially since this movie came out in 2010. I thought maybe we'd be uh, uh, in the $90 million for the budget, but it it made $336 million worldwide. So, be, you know, complete, with advertising budget, you know, I could see why there wasn't a sequel for sure, but, you know, not too bad. To be completely honest, that was my favorite video game movie probably until detective pikachu oh okay. it's really not that bad I, I mean if you like if i like the video game so um yeah it's fine it's fine by me but also i gotta thank you i have to thank listener show patrick foster and, and and all the dozens of people who sent me this reddit page <laughs> about the, the spider-man far from home popcorn at amc and why this you is should what not happens. get it <laughs> This is what happens, Chris, when you put out in the world your snack expectations. Yeah. Uh, the second anybody gets any sort of whiff of what that snack's going to be like, you're going to get all the info. It is. So apparently do not get the red and blue popcorn kettle corn at AMC because it will stain everything purple because uh, it's red mm. and blue dyed. And the flavor isn't as good as the other popcorn that's there, apparently. Um, yeah, and I guess the 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 cusp here is that they they dye the kernels before they pop, I guess, and that just makes everything. Well, it looks awful. like it's dyed. It looks like it's powdered after the popping for the. Oh, game. like because right. then it's all over your hands, red, blue. He said whatever you have, it's there. It's kind of like the glitter version of of popcorn oh, and, and if you're in a dark movie theater too you won't even be able to see it on your fingers and you'll be touching stuff and you'll get out of the theater and your face will look like a clown god i, I really yeah. want this now i, I might, <laughs> maybe want to go get some more so than you, when i have it so you just take the really dignified like cheetos approach and you just eat your uh, popcorn with like chopsticks and you won't have to touch it i'm gonna, I'm gonna take uh, uh gloves Rubber gloves, <laughs> like uh, the sterilized ones. Eat it There's going to be a stranger next to you in the movie theater, and he's going to look over and see you doing the and snapping the plastic glove, and he's going to be like, "Oh God, what's about to happen?" Oh, I'll, I'll bring an extra. I'll offer him one. I don't care. You want some popcorn? <laughs> you got to eat it with glove. Keep keep it safe. So uh, glove only, sir. Yeah, glove I'm only. I'm excited to see that. Uh, Sebastian Stan may have leaked when the next Black Widow movie is taking place. Right okay. after right after Civil War movie. So. Okay, so that puts it before Infinity War, of course. I'm trying to think of what you know, what's a no- anything notable that kind of happened in that section of time, right? I guess what she's just kind of underground. Yeah, yeah. So that's like literally right after that. I think Spider Man, Homecoming, and Black Panther happen, and mm-hmm. I think Doctor Strange is supposed to take place in this little window as well. Um, but yeah, like this is where Steve and Natasha go underground and do the secret Avengers kind of thing. Uh, mm-hmm. so, um, there's, she just kind of walked out of the end of civil war off the airport. We never saw her again, as far as I know, until infinity war. So there's a lot of story to be told there. Yeah, I guess, um, I guess this kind of softens the blow a little bit of my prequelitis where I hate stuff where I already know where it ends up just because it is in a somewhat recent time of a pocket that we really didn't get any stories told. Mm -hmm. So something could be going on there. Um, you know, it would be kind of cool if we got a Steve Rogers cameo. Uh, you know, I know he's uh, he's kind of left the franchise, but I still like the idea that all of the people that have worked in the MCU movies just had such a good time and made so many friends that if a new movie gets made, a director doesn't have to worry about maybe just bringing Chris Evans in for a day, maybe to just do a scene or something. That might be kind of fun. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, maybe something like that could happen. Um yeah, but I, I'm very much excited that this is just not like an origin of Black Widow. They could fold some of the story into the film, but I'm glad at least uh, 
Uh, some, I wonder what's going to happen. Yeah. I no, mean, now I'm really curious. It, I'm rolling around in my head. It's a, it's a, an era where, like, like I said, I agree with you. Is I'm glad it's not 90s or late or like mid 2000s. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm cool with that. Yep. But not only like are we worried about, you know, things before in game, you know, coming back. Um, Kevin Feige did a Reddit AMA this weekend and people got to ask him a lot of stuff about oh my God. the Marvel I, Universe. I, I saw you send me this link to the thread and I was like, I was in the middle of working on stuff. I was like, I do not have the time or mental bandwidth to jump into the analysis of a Kevin Feige AMA. So I was like, I'll wait until Sunday and Chris will give me the critical, the critical notions because I can't recall the last time Feige did an AMA. And if you're on Reddit, that is the audience that is going to ask you all of the nitty gritty questions. Oh, they are yeah. not going to be, they are not going to be softballs. They're not going to be something easy that you can uh, think about. So, uh, okay, lay it on me. So a couple of the things that he, he, people ask questions that he answered the ones he wanted to. One of the biggest ones to walk away is they acknowledge that there is a real Mandarin in the MCU because of the all hail the King one shot. And there are plans to not just leave that in the one shot as well. So going forward, uh, we, we may see the Ten Rings and the, the actual Mandarin behind everything come to fruition. Hmm. Maybe it'll be the a la cuisine guy. We liked him, we liked him in uh, John Wick. So maybe he can maybe he can be the Mandarin. And just don't just they'll just won't do it stereotypical. Don't give him the long Fu Manchu mustache. Maybe make him like a really uh, driven character who. Um, Who's uh, uh, out for revenge? Well, I don't know. The the, the ten rings are. No, he's known for having ten rings that each have a magical power. So uh-huh. I want to see where these rings come from. How do how do they get the powers? How do they actually make this guy have all these powers? You know, with the rings. I want to see what that is, rather than just someone behind the shadows manipulating yeah. everything. So maybe uh, maybe the the movie could start off with like a heist or something where just uh, normal human beings break into um, like a uh, a sanctum somewhere in the world. Um, maybe somewhere in Asia, uh, and they just steal these rings or something, and then the sorcerers uh, could never track them down. I don't know. There's definitely something you could do there. Yeah, because you, you, you built that like, like, well, he is normally, he's always an Iron Man villain. So how do we make him somebody else's villain, you know, going forward? Because we, we haven't had an Iron Man movie in how many years now? Since twenty, the last time it was in California, twenty thirteen. Um, <laughs> yeah, we, we we ain't getting another one anytime soon. Yeah. Sure. So where do we where do we put this villain at? Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Is, yeah. is he an Avengers villain? Is this something that people have to team up with him if he has ten rings that are very powerful? Is he oh. a, a Doctor Strange villain? Kind of kind of in there. So. Um, I, I don't know who we'd put, pit him against. To be completely he can't, honest, he can't be collecting the rings though, because that's too Thanos adjacent. He just needs yeah. to have them all when the movie starts. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe the Shang Chi movie that's coming out. Maybe it could be an Asian oh, set kind of thing. Oh, I mean that does that does make sense culturally. Yeah, and and wouldn't make it you know kind of be less stereotypical, uh, kind of you know typecasting the you know trying to fit him into another movie. So, mm. um. Yeah, there's plenty of options there, but I mean, I think he could be he could be interesting to have in there. Uh, they also asked, you know, how does he keep making, you know, what what are some tips to making the movies good? And he said, respect the source material, hire passionate filmmakers regardless of how much money their last movie made, and hire the best cast regardless of their current marquee value. Mm. And when you have Disney pockets, you can do all of those things. Um but also, like, they're saying, hey, you don't have to worry about them, you know, being huge stars. Like, you know, Robert Downey Jr. was known for being in trouble and, you know, drug addict and in and out of jail before he was cast in Kiss, Kiss, Bang, Bang, and then ultimately 
uh, mm-hmm. Iron Man. So, I mean, he's taken some risk over the past yeah. 11 years, and it sounds like he's ready to take some more. Yeah. It harkens back to our, our earlier topic at the beginning of the show is uh, tr- just trust your casting directors. You know, they know what they're doing. So, um, uh, yeah, that's yeah. cool. Yeah, I mean, exactly. They're, they're actors. They're, they're paid to act a certain way. And you, you may not have seen them act the way you want as like Batman, you know, in Robert Patton's case, we've never seen him act as Batman, but that doesn't mean he can't be Batman mm-hmm. as an actor. But anyway, and lastly, uh, the third big point you made, the Marvel Cinematic Universe is planned out five years ahead at any given time, but they have general ideas for much farther out than that. Oh, man. Uh, wouldn't you just pay just your life savings just to see that whiteboard of the general ideas, how far they go out? I would just love to know the maximum, like how far they've looked. Um, I, I would really love to see like the, uh, the game plan that Feige has had before they bought Fox, you know, like, did he have any roundabout ways to get there? You know, was he like sending like, um, like really nice gift baskets over to Fox to be like, Hey, maybe let us use an X-Men once or twice. <laughs> and like, it didn't work. It's like, Oh, we're just going to buy your whole company. Yeah. Um, man, I'd love to see those but, whiteboards. But also, I mean, he, not just, not just, he didn't, they didn't use any X-Men, but like, Hey, uh, Sony, can we use Spider-Man? I mean, no, we know that's your biggest moneymaker. Let us use him and get you money. Like, how does he work those deals out? Like, mm-hmm. it's just magical. And, you know, what's what's on this list? What's going to be fast-tracked? What's going to be taken off the list as well? I would love to know every, like, I would want a monthly update is what I would love to have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, his uh, his biggest bargaining chip for sure is uh, let me do whatever I want and you'll make a lot of money. Like, I have 20 movies here. That will prove I know what I'm doing. So uh, he's got yeah. a lot of cachet out there in Hollywood for sure. Have you heard of a little thing called Endgame? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Now, since this says MCU is planned out for five years at any given time, that makes me really excited for what may or may not transpire at Comic-Con this year. Mm-hmm. If Marvel is there at the panel, we could get one of those cool timelines that show the next five years of movies. God. That'll be that'll be crazy. How early – do I need to come out tomorrow to get in line for Hall H? Is that how this works? <laughs> you know, I don't know. I'm, I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reach out to the internet community, some friends that I have out here that I've been in the Hall H line. I, I need to know the nitty-gritty. I need somebody that's going to take the time to just answer every question. I have because uh, I don't know the machinations of getting to that specific um, showing in Hall H. I, I have had some friends that have had luck just kind of getting in there on some smaller Hall H panels, but um, man, this is going to be exciting. Let's find some details. Exciting, Let's see if we can exciting work this summer. Mm-hmm. Star Wars news. Whether you either like this news or hate this news after this past month, the mm-hmm. 2022 film. It will be written and directed by the Game of Thrones duo David Benioff and D.B. Weiss. That's either good or bad news, depending on how you feel about season eight. Man. So, <laughs> well, everyone's been saying season eight of Game of Thrones has been a very director-focused uh, style of show, and not really a, a writing uh, forward, which is usually what happens in TV. Usually, the writers are king and really form the story, and really the directors are almost ancillary. Like usually, directors kind of cut their chops in the directing world by directing like one episode of a random TV show somewhere. Um, so the fact that these that the duo is going to be directing the movie, I definitely think they can handle it for sure i mean this is a big franchise lots of moving parts uh we've seen duos uh accomplish great things heck we were just talking about the russo brothers for the last couple minutes so i'm okay and really confident that duos can handle it um i guess if you're if people are really worried about the the writing of what happened in game of thrones 
the the way I look at it is um, I think they're just burnt out. The fact that they wanted two years to make the final season and it's only six episodes long, it just seems like that they're ready to move on to other things. I like the idea that they're going to be uh, that they're going to be fresh for a new franchise. And also, even though this is going to be written by them, this is going to be a long development cycle. So don't even think that they're going to have like the final say on what's in the script. They're going to pen the script. They're going to send it off to Kathleen Kennedy. You know, she's going to send it off to other people. Like that script is going to go through so many layers of people. Uh, I'm positive that that does not happen on Game of Thrones. They probably have the final say on the script of Game of Thrones. You know, how would you tell that to people who feel negative about The Last Jedi then? Oh, I mean, I mean, they would have gone through the same workflow. Uh, Yeah, I guess that's true. Um, Maybe Kathleen Kennedy has sobered up that maybe she needs to take I, things a little differently think, going forward. <laughs> so from what I've heard and, and read, and maybe what I agree with is these guys cannot write an original story to save their life. They're good at adapting stories, and that's what they've done with Game of Thrones so far until this last season where they have no books to go off of because uh, there are no books to, to adapt. So do you think they will have to adapt the video game to make it good, The, the Old Republic, or... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I guess I didn't think about that. They do have a source material to pull from there, but um, I don't know. I feel like it's 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 hard to, to 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 pigeonhole these guys and try to figure out what exactly you know went wrong. Just because, like, I feel like you can't write off these two creators just based on like maybe the last two seasons of Game of Thrones. Because just remember, people, those those first seasons of game of thrones like season i've seen like this chart that everybody's sharing with like the weirdly drawn horse where like the first two seasons look like a really good drawing of a horse then the middle seasons are kind of sketchy and the last the horse just has a weird face or whatever but there are phenomenally exceptional seasons of game of thrones that these guys did create so uh and they weren't directly a hundred percent adapting the book you know they had to be creative and move things around so i think just people are being extra angry because they really love a certain franchise that's on the screen now and i guess maybe that's not going to change when it comes to game of thrones but i'm more i'm more cautiously optimistic this sounds like a star wars catch 22 for people Uh, (laughs) yeah that's right it's damned if you do and damned if you don't because you're either going to get yeah, let them do what they want. You get Last Jedi haters again, or if you give them something to go off of, like it, I don't know, we'll see. Yeah. Well, but, if I had to, if I had to be like really, really, really nerdy about it and really dive into it, just just for a second here, I, I would I would say the decisions that they've made in this last episode of Game of Thrones, I don't think are the wrong decisions. I don't think they've written a character the way they shouldn't be written. But we haven't had enough time to to feel comfortable where they've gone because the seasons have been so condensed and everything has gone so fast. So when a character does something uh, really crazy, like you know, kill a bunch of people, um, you're just like, whoa, 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 that that came out of nowhere. But then if you kind of think back, it's like, oh, I guess they were were logically trying to get there. So I think that maybe on a longer development cycle of a movie franchise, I think they'll be just fine. I'm really not too worried about it. Okay. Well, I'm just going to tell you, one of the writers wrote X-Men Origins Wolverine. So, yep. Chris, why'd you have to do that? Because, because <laughs> I want people to have the facts, Mike. I want them to have the no, facts. No, you said that because you wanted to segue into our next topic. It's That's actually, why you said I didn't have that pulled up, but he did. Uh, David Benioff wrote X-Men Origins Wolverine. So, maybe he's improved. 
But Dark Phoenix <laughs> is looking to open with a record low for the franchise at fifty million dollars. Even womp Origins womp. opened higher than this, <laughs> uh, and it's still pointing that June seventh, twenty nineteen, tickets are on sales. Guess who hasn't bought them? These guys, <laughs> these guys right here. This is definitely going to be a movie where I go in and I get the slushy, I get the, the Spider-Man popcorn that I, that I dip into the cheese. I sneak in my own candy because oh. I'm not paying four dollars for a bag of candy. I'll sneak that in because I got pockets you, that can fit it. You better get this. Is a, I'm gonna I'm gonna come out with purple like goo all over my face from that popcorn. I'm I'm going straight in now. I don't care the, the, the blue mystique popcorn that they may or may not have. The X Men crowd they can't judge me. They came there willingly. I, they, they can't judge what I look like walking out of there. So, mm-hmm. um, looking like a low opening. Are you excited for it? No, not at all. Bingo. But <laughs> I would hope that the creators of this film realized that they had nothing to lose. Maybe I, that's the thing. I don't know exactly the timeline of the production of this movie. That when the first ri- the, when the first words for the script were being written, did that person know that Disney might be buying them and this is going to be the last film? I would just like to know at what point in the development cycle where they're just like, screw it. We're not getting any more of these. Let's just go balls to the wall. Um, so I, that's what that's what I hope happens with this movie is they just throw caution in the wind and do whatever the hell they want, you know? They might. I mean, they, they've already showed they're going to kill Mystique off in the trailer, so can't hold anything back now, Mike. That, that's <laughs> it right there. They're going, they're going all out. Uh, I'm not a big Star Trek fan, but I do like me some Professor Xavier um, mm-hmm. And he, you know, he got his start doing Star Trek as Picard. Here's a, a screenshot from the upcoming series. He looks like he's Professor Xavier from Logan, uh, or any Xavier movie really, with the black nope. turtleneck and the. the this turtle. is a uh, Captain Picard of the USS Enterprise. Remember that song? Yeah, yeah, remember that song. Yeah, no, I try to forget it. I, it you you remember? I just, I just thought of it because uh, hist- uh, history was made, uh, I guess, I think this week. I think YTMND was officially shut down just recently. I don't know if it was exactly this week, but I remember that YTMND and that song and those gifts being mashed up. So um, uh, this gives me fond memories of back in the day. But uh, Captain Jean Picard, um, I did not – I'm not a Star Trek person. I think we've said that on the show a ton of times that we didn't watch the series uh, growing yeah. up. So we don't have sauce in our heart for the character necessarily but I definitely don't have CBS All Access and I don't really plan on paying for it anytime soon Uh, I think they're going to need a a bigger show outside of Star Trek to get me to subscribe if I ever do so this might be something I never see but I'm looking forward to the first trailer I'll watch the trailer because that's not going to cost me you know uh, what is it is it $12 a month or are they cheaper I don't remember Uh, what CBS was pulled up right here it just says free trial it doesn't even have me uh, it doesn't even have a price on it. I I did the free trial during the Super Bowl, so I could uh, stream the Super Bowl for free, and that trial ended. Uh, I don't remember how much it cost. But. Uh, I mean, yeah, I don't I don't see it here at all. How much is it? Like, this is a lot of getting through. Nowhere. They they don't want you to know. They want you to get addicted to the free trial, and then once they bill you, <laughs> yeah, that's when you find well, out. I like to also point out um, someone, a friend of the show, Brian Smith. He pointed out that we lived through the Big Bang Theory, Mike. We made it through the whole series because <laughs> it ended this week. Um, and you know, that was like one of the shows on CBS. I'm like, I really don't like it. So, but they have Star Trek, they had the new Twilight Zone on there. And, um, yeah, I don't want to pay for this. You're right. You know what? In defense of Big Bang Theory, I will say that similar to a lot of other TV shows out there in the world, the first few seasons of the Big Bang Theory, I think are legitimately funny. I think they're a good, uh, live action or a live audience sitcom that you can get enjoyment out of for sure. It's just 
it went on way too long. The jokes got less funny. I'm sure the writer's yeah. room changed quite a bit. It just it just wasn't well, for me anymore. I, but I am curious what happened in that very last episode, so maybe I'll try to find a way to watch it. Well, I mean, it'll be on Hulu. I mean, all CBS stuff's on Hulu, right? So you should be able to find eh, that. Yeah, it, maybe. I don't know. It's, it's, six, but, it's $6 a month. Uh, I, I looked it up, too, uh, but no, there is commercials. a commercial-free option for $10. So yeah. there you go. Yeah. You're welcome, CBS, for the free advertisement. Uh, <laughs> we, we found your pricing. Haha, <laughs> Suck it. Um, yeah. Anyway, Detective Pikachu 2. I've been I've been working. I have 22 seasons of Pokemon TV shows on my hard drive. I was showing Mike this before the, the show starts. And, you know, that takes a lot for a 32-year-old man to admit to somebody out loud, especially, you know, all of our listeners. But I'm proud of my collection because when I go collect things, Mike, you know I go all out. I don't. Yeah, just, that's true. I don't just half-ass it. Look at my pop vinyls. I don't. I don't stop. It's, it's a problem. But Detective Pikachu two is reportedly being sequel. The sequel is being fast tracked after the success of the first one. And this yes. is this is a parallel <laughs> of like Iron Man, and Iron Man two, and then they were going to set up the, the the Pokemon world, the, the the larger world after that, like working okay. towards like so like here's a here's a safe one. Hey, here's another possibly safe one, and then we can go a little wild because we've made two safe Chris, movies. I am so glad that you compared this to Iron Man 2 because what did I say when we talked about this movie the other week? I said, this this is the start of something big. This is yeah. the first Iron Man movie that we had just watched. Um, I don't know how they're going to get Ryan Reynolds back into that Pikachu, uh, but I'm looking forward to to it happening, <laughs> hopefully. I still have fond memories of that movie. Like, I know you said it's not a movie that you think you need to, you need to see again. doesn't necessarily mean you didn't like it. Yeah, of but course. But I, I, I still, like, think about funny scenes from that movie. It's like, I want to go back to that world so bad. But so I, I'm I'm totally on board with One this. of the jokes I forgot to mention on a thing is when uh, he's like, what is that? And he's like, silent but deadly. Like, he's like, the Pikachu fart. He's like, I'm sorry. One of those. I'm like, that's a Pikachu fart joke. Like, this is, this is all right. I'm, I'm cool with this. And then the darkness that immediately followed when they set Mister Mime of Blaze. So. Oh God, that was so great. But anyway, um, the only bad news about this is uh, Oren Uziel was reported earlier this year to be writing the film, and he's a writer for the Sonic the Hedgehog movie. And who that the trailer? Everyone's focused on the design. I don't know if the movie's gonna. Like, I don't know if it hinges on that or not, but it didn't like strike me as. What's going on? I, I don't know. But afterwards, I'm very excited because they're doing an adaptation of the video game Red and Blue for the movies. Now, wouldn't it be cool if they had a Red and a Blue version in theaters and you had to you could go watch both of them if you wanted <laughs> that to? Act- that actually would be really cool. Maybe each each screening had like a different like end credit scene or something. Or just like in the video games, maybe just if you're looking in the background, like different Pokemon are yeah. like rend- rendered through the scene. That would be actually be super cool. I love that idea. Uh, but the biggest question I would have about these is the 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 best thing about Detective Pikachu is they skirted all of these really abstract ideas about living in a Pokemon world, and they just moved past it and just made a fun, entertaining movie. But I don't, how are you going to explain like why preteens or young kids are leaving their leaving their villages to train Pokemon, not going to school, well, not not learning their uh, times tables? You know. <laughs> well, 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 I mean that's the thing. Like in that world, they don't care about that kind of stuff. But what if Detective Pikachu too? leans into that they they send tim and detective pikachu and ryan reynolds into that world to solve a mystery 
of maybe a missing oh, kid or so, something on that along that line. So they ease you into it before they jump you into uh, some movie. I mean, that might be a good idea. And maybe they just kind of change the world to suit the film a little bit better. Maybe like little kids aren't allowed to run off and do like Pokemon. Maybe it's a thing like you have to graduate high school first yeah. before you can go out and do that. That makes a little bit more sense <laughs> for really the world at large. You can't just abandon everything to go fight Pokemon. So, um uh, it's going to be really interesting to see what Pokemon eat. That's one thing I've always wanted to know. Like in the games, they eat berries, <laughs> but well, you, you uh, I'm need, pretty sure. You, you need to get into my Plex server and watch this because <laughs> there's a character named Brock who is the, the, the gym leader. I think you remember mm-hmm. in Viridian I'm, City, Jim? I'm very familiar with Brock, yeah. Well, but in the show, he goes along with Ash and Misty, and he wants to raise Pokemon, and he makes food for them specifically. So Yes, but you know for sure that there's a Charizard out there in the world that's, like, eating Rattatas, right? You know? Oh, that's like, yeah, that's fine. That's cool. They're being eaten alive, so well, and, and that if, would be. If I mean, if they're if they can go as far as to um, um, imaginatively light Mister Mime on fire, I would love to see a scene where there's like a small Pokemon that runs into a bush, and then a giant Charizard just runs into that bush and like furiously moves his muzzle around, and then he turns his head and he like licks his lips afterwards. So well, it's just like allude to the idea that Pokemon are prey can be be eaten by larger Pokemon, but maybe we don't necessarily well, need I to think, see. It. I think you're going way too easy because they don't have cows and chickens like we do, Mike. So you're literally eating cow Pokemon meat and, <laughs> and like, bird Pokemon meat in, in your stuff. So It makes it makes me want to rewatch Detective Pikachu, and I'm sure that there's food in that movie. I haven't seen it. I don't recall seeing it, but maybe, like, everybody in the Pokemon universe is vegan, but they don't call it vegan, you know? Yeah. They're just like, well, why would we eat Pokemon? You know, the they're... They they fight and like we make them fight each other. They got I think it'd be a little. You don't I think it'll <laughs> it'd be a little too rude if we ate them. Also, you yeah. know they're already slaves that fight. So yeah, I don't know. There's a oh. lot they can do with Pokemon, and mm-hmm. they have twenty uh, something years to pull from. Uh, Tip of the iceberg, Chris. Yeah, yeah. Tip of that iceberg. But that's a show for this week. We've gone a little long, uh, so I am. Ready to get out here and get some errands done. Mike, if people know what you're up to, what you're doing, where can they find you at this week? Well, as always, they can find me at Mike Royer Design on Instagram and Twitter, and you can read my web comics at pickledcomics.com. Chris, if people want to catch up with you, see what you're doing, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter, Valdan, V-A-L-D-A-N, also Instagram, Valdan87. Head over to Comic UI. If people want to listen to our regular reviews, like our Detective Pikachu review that we just kind of spoiled a little bit here in that last segment, where can they find that at? As always, all you got to do is visit SuperheroSlate.com. That is the best place to find all the avenues we host our show and to get our awesome show notes. So we talked about that first image of uh, Picard. We got the Batwoman teaser trailer. We got the uh, His Dark Materials trailer. We got all of this itemized very nicely in our show notes. So if you want to find that, just visit SuperheroSlate.com. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, TuneIn, Stitcher, iHeartRadio. You can like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, and The Gram. And you can get merch at SuperheroSlate.com slash store. We love hearing from you. We want to know what you think about the things that we're talking about. Um, Do you you think my voice is annoying and you're sad to hear me come back after my trip? I know. You're just – we we, we have some fun fans out there that just like to mess with me. Uh, But I still love all you guys. Um, I'm glad glad you read that because I read it. I laughed and laughed and laughed. I'm glad glad that there was an LOL JK after that or I just would have been sad forever. (laughs) (laughs) 
So, uh, yeah, so obviously you can reach out uh, through the YouTube comments. We love seeing, hearing from everybody. Um, and if you want to be a super fan of the show, all you got to do is share the show with a friend, share the show with a buddy, and we will be here every week, Chris. Um, what's our next spoiler cast coming out? Is that Spider-Man Homecoming, or do we have another big movie that's coming soon? Uh, there's probably something in June, to be completely honest, but I could not tell you. Maybe we'll do one on Godzilla. No, we won't do one on Godzilla. I don't know what hey, our next one is. we might do one on Godzilla. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, we're, we're pretty fair game until, until Spider-Man at this point, but I mean, if anyone has anything they want us to go over and we happen to watch it, I'm just looking here. Uh, don't, Dark Phoenix, duh. Duh. We forgot <laughs> X-Men. We gotta do that one, so... Uh, if you want to hear us rip on X-Men Dark Phoenix for, you know, 30, 45 minutes uh, next month, <laughs> tune in for that because I can already predict yeah. how that's going to go. So, <laughs> All right. Anything else, Mike? No, that's it. All right. Well, we'll catch you guys next week. All right. Adios. Thanks for listening and don't forget to subscribe. Like, I, I, see, I feel claustrophobic. I feel like I'm going to drown. I'm scared of these animals. <laughs> I don't know what's happening.